The following is a hoop ball presentation. Another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. There's a hoop ball presentation, so check out Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets, online hoop ball.com. NBA season literally less than three weeks away. Uh, fantasy basketball is coming up real soon, so definitely get on board. All the tools and advantages that we offer on Hoop Ball. One more time, hoop ball.com on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets. So today, Round Ball Ramble, we are continuing off-season um, reviews slash season previews. One's just kind of morphed to the other organically. I don't have a say. Um, but we are doing the Brooklyn Nets, and I am excited, just pumped to have Matt Brooks on to cover the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Matt Brooks, if you don't know him, you know him now. You're going to find him on Twitter at Matt Brooks MBA. Uh, he's a reporter, uh, just big content writer, all about Brooklyn Nets. You can find a lot of his work on Nets Daily, but he's also host of the Clear Out Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. So definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, I can go on and on, Matt, but before I even try that, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. That was that was perfect, man. You got your intro down. I just <laughs> launched my pod, and uh, my intro, it's sloppy, man. It, it's it's not doing well. So I, I was sitting there, I was like, this is a well-rehearsed intro. I hope I get there one day. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I tried to, you understand the early ones were awkward. <laughs> Oh, it's bad. I just forgot mine the other day. I was like, oh boy, I, I've not done this at all. So <laughs> look, I can appreciate that. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, man. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm excited to talk to you about a team that, I mean, for better or for worse, has dominated the headlines. I'd say of the NBA, definitely this offseason, I feel like, um, just because of the particular players, but like, come on, once they put that big three together of Kyrie, James Harden, uh, alongside uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and then the addition of James Harden, this team's just, it's one of those teams, man, that I think we'll talk about for the next, like, five, six years, going to get like 15 inevitable books and recaps about it. I'm excited, but let's kind of look at it in more of a a micro sense. We look at last season. What would be your personal recap of the year that was for Brooklyn? Because there was a lot there. Yeah, um, it started off, you know, kind of like I, you know, I'm not going to go like too into the weeds, but it started off on a really high note. You know, you had that game against Boston on Christmas or uh, the opener was against Golden State and then the game against uh, Boston on Christmas. And they just look dominant and, you know, everything's clicking. Jared Allen's breaking out. And then I actually heard about the Harden rumor through a friend of mine. We'll we'll call him a source. All right, we'll we'll do that. But it's a friend of mine. Um, (laughs) I heard about it that that was like a thing, I think around like January 1st, maybe it it was somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, wow, that's really interesting. And the way I, I heard it was like much more declarative than like a, you know, oh, he could be going there. I heard like there was like paperwork and this was going to get done. Wow. Like it was like happening, like, this in, is done. In, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I heard that and I was like, wow. Cause I mean, look already, I started covering this team when they had, you know, like the, the fun D'Angelo Russell team. And I just got lucky. Like I just got <laughs> really lucky with this team living in Brooklyn you know, covering the other New York team. And now they're going to bring in another guy in James Harden. Yeah. And, you know, the, the first couple of games of James Harden being there was a little awkward. And then it just kind of clicked. And 
the buyouts happened with, with Blake and LaMarcus. And there was like a, that five game stretch where they just, they had LaMarcus Blake was fully integrated. Nicholas Claxton was playing well. And it was, that was arguably some of the best basketball I have ever watched. Like, in the range of, you know, like peak golden state. I, I was, it was like up there for me. Um, wow. And then, yeah, I mean, it, those five, it, it was five games, but I, I remember it like yesterday, it was the game against new Orleans um, where they just were like up by 40. Um, and then kind of things spiraled out of, you know, sort of their control in a way Harden gets hurt. He comes back for the playoffs. Looks great for Boston. And then Milwaukee happens and it's like the wheels fall off completely. Like, and they take him to seven, but everything bad that could have happened kind of happened. Like even Blake Griffin fouling out in what I think it might've been game seven. Mm-hmm. It's like everything you didn't want to happen could have happened. So uh, it was a weird year. It was a Nets year though. Right. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the story. With the Nets. <laughs> that is true. And it's even funny that you say that despite having, you know, this immense talent and everything, that, yeah, it unfolded in just the, the most Nets way possible if you consider just the history, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even this week has been, like, so Netsy. Like, there's the stuff with Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the Harden interview where, like, he kind of was like, yeah, I want to go test free agency, which was, like, <laughs> I just – that came up in my timeline today. And I I was just like, wow, that – This is the thing. Not, this is going to happen. <laughs> that is not what I expected heading into training camp. So, wow. even this is, like, kind of – it's just funny. They are – they're so um, they're so netsy in a way where it's like you never really know if they're going to you know fully take it over the finish line. You just you never know. But yeah. man, it, it they're stacked. I'll tell you that much. Oh man, definitely. I'm about to say it's part of the ride. I imagine that makes it kind of fun, maybe a little stressful, yeah. but definitely. Um, so <laughs> that was a great synopsis of the year. But <laughs> like, I guess my last next question will be, um, heading into off season. I mean, obviously you saw injuries were a big part of that. You can't even overlook that. Um, did you have any other? thoughts on what you would consider Brooklyn doing to add upgrades to the roster. Um, you know, anyone that needs to be brought in like a certain archetype. I asked this question in general and some yeah. teams, I think more so than others. I felt like Brooklyn was good if not for injuries, but I want to know just from your perspective, covering the team on such a you know intimate level, like what that was. Yeah. I thought they needed like a drop center, like somebody that's like a real traditional rim protector. And I think in a way they got that from Lamar- LaMarcus, you know, he's not like the vertical lob threat that you'd, necessarily be looking for and I actually do think that's a weak point for them mm-hmm. like I think their best roller right now is it might still be Bruce Brown in a way, wow. <laughs> which is like you know it's it's yeah. different yeah so maybe James Johnson but I mean that's kind of where they're at uh I think they needed wing depth which I also don't really think they addressed in a way mm-hmm. um you know I think if you're looking behind Kevin Durant you're looking at who's taking on those primary wing assignments like today I was thinking about not even like you look at like your LeBrons or whatever, your, your traditional, whatever the wings we usually think of with supersized wings. Yeah. But I was thinking about a team with like golden state, like who's guarding clay on this team. Cause you can't put Bruce Brown on him. Mm. You can't put Javon Carter. He's got too much, you know, he's, he's a, Size a stature. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the other thing I wanted. And then just a backup point guard. I, I really, I mean, I knew Dinwiddie was leaving and I think I knew that for about <laughs> like in April, I, I had a pretty good feeling he was leaving. So, yeah. you know, they, um, they did a good job addressing that. The other two, you know, I, they, they brought in good players, but I don't know if they necessarily address those needs, but sometimes you don't always have to like do that in a way you can just build a more talented <laughs> team than everybody. That is true. And, and, and see what happens there. And I guess at least to the off season, I mean, First of all, I guess I got to ask draft reactions because 
Brooklyn had a surprisingly busy draft of just people. Um, you're bringing in uh, guys like Cameron Thomas, uh, Kessler Edwards, uh, Marcus Zagorowski. Pretty sure I said that. Yeah, right. yeah, he didn't. I don't think he's going to make the roster. I don't know if he's going to be a G League assignment. But. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And then, like, uh, of course, guys, uh, Raquan Gray and um, Dayron Sharp. So I guess yep. I'm looking mostly at Edwards and, and Thomas, I'd imagine, right? As far as maybe guys that are going to be on this roster and get, I wouldn't say a lot of time, but some playing time this season. Yeah, and then you have your there a guy that's going to be fighting for a two way contract in uh, David Duke Jr. But I, I he's kind of like a smaller, you know, more of he's more of like a guard, you know, per point of attack defender, which I think they really have covered it with Bruce Brown and, and Javon Carter. So yeah. I really think you're looking at Edwards and Cam Thomas, and you know, trying to figure out which one of those guys because I think they both have opportunities to get minutes. Mm -hmm. um, Cam Thomas just because of like the sheer talent and yeah. He's like, he's, he's, uh, he just has something. I don't know if it'll translate, but if, if it's going to be a big year for him, if he can make the most of the minutes that he gets, there's a lot for the taking for him. And then Edwards, like I brought up, you know, not really having that wing behind Kevin Durant. I mean, he, I kind of look at him as like a guy that can be what they wanted from Andre Robertson, which is like, which is that other hilarious part about last year. They had Noah Vonley, Andre Robertson, Iman Shumpert for like a brief stint. Like just Forgot that was last year. Dude, it was such a wow. weird year. Yeah. So I have a bunch of like videos breaking down like <laughs> Iman Shumpert on my YouTube channel. Which is, yeah, check this out. <laughs> dude, I, it's, it's such a weird year. But um, yeah, I mean, Kess, Kessler Edwards is like a guy that has, I think, a real shot at at cracking the rotation. Um I can't, you know, Cam is obviously more talented, but like the role and minutes is actually really sitting there for Edwards. So I'm, I'm high on him. I, I think they did a good job. Okay. Definitely. I'm, yeah, I saw, I mean, like you said, the offensive just talent of, of Thomas is something for sure, but yeah, I, so given where they were, I'm looking at them and another team I thought was surprising the Clippers are really these contenders who like got pieces that won't oh factor in. Yeah. Like they won't factor in like right now, but like they could be significant portions, like, you know, moving up. So yep. that's pretty cool. Um, Going into just general transactions, obviously not rookie additions. Um, but you talk about who were added to the nets um, and who were gone. You bring in just a plethora of guys. I mean, Patty Mills, James Johnson, like you mentioned, uh, DeAndre Brembry, um, and then Javon Carter. Uh, and then I guess let's talk about them first. I was going to say the losses because it's just a few, but yeah. I would say kind of significant, not maybe so much Spencer Dinwiddie, who definitely did have a good part before he's gone, but he's gone most of the year, I would imagine. And then Jeff Green, who I thought was an unsung hero for the Nets throughout the season, but particularly in the postseason as well. Uh, how do you kind of look at taking stock of the additions of tractions? How do you kind of want to do that? But like, I definitely think that was some interesting moves in terms of reshuffling around these stars. Yeah. I mean, well, you could look at it. Like, by the way, you mentioned Jeff Green. Like I just said, Hey, there's that, that wing player that, that we're looking for behind Kevin Durant, a guy that could kind of switch three through five. I guess he can guard twos here and there. They didn't really replace that guy. In fact, they brought in Patty Mills, who I is obviously a, a very polished, um, you know, accomplished player. But in a way, you know, he's a guy that is a smaller guard on a team that we'll see what lineups he fits into. Are you going to be able, are we going to be seeing, I guess, lineups of, you know, Kyrie and Patty Mills sharing the floor together and then James Harden at the three or, or just, you know, those three guard lineups like that. I'm really curious about how all of that looks because they really did one for one substitute that. And that's the key thing I'm watching for. There's a bunch of things at the beginning of the year that I sort of have circled 
But figuring out where Patty fits in, is he just a bench spark plug that you're playing next to James Harden? How many minutes does he play in that kind of a situation? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just all really fascinating to me. I mean, he's coming in and basically replacing what Mike James did for them last year. Yeah. Who did not play at all in, against Boston. So I meant to ask about that. What was there? I thought Mike James, from what I saw, and I didn't watch every Nets game, but like as far as someone who could score the ball, I mean, definitely has his own mind. He's get, kind of have something in the background of being more of a free spirit in that way. But like as far as the talent on the board, I thought he fit in pretty well. Yeah. I mean, he fit in well. I just think it's like, you know, Mike, Mike James giveth. Mike James taketh, you know what okay. I mean? Like there's sometimes <laughs> we're like, you know what, man, it's like, it's, it's, the, it's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, close game against, you know, in game two, like we probably don't want the step back 18 footer in the corner from Mike yeah. James. Like, you know, like, <laughs> You're like, not the best know. option, man. <laughs> but you, he believed in himself. I, I liked him and he was just, he was a yeah. great guy too. Like he had, he was of just vibrant, very honest personality, which also, sits really well, especially last year with, with zoom, that, that personality just translated over, you know, this type of a, I guess the way we're talking right now. Yeah. This type of format for real. Okay. So you are hoping, I guess, in that way. And I think just given what Patty Mills has, what Patty Mills has kind of shown through his career that, um, you know, he can kind of give at least a somewhat decent, much more measured version of what Mike James, I guess, gave you. Um, My question is like, he wouldn't be playing because he did seem to slow down a little bit. I felt like mind you, I don't know if that was because of just so many minutes playing in, in San Antonio with that compressed schedule. Um, yeah. Are you worried just in terms of him being able to just kind of not wear down as far as shooting? He had a horrible month. I think it was in February where yeah. it, was, it was just rough. No. Yeah. He shot somewhere in like the like twenties, maybe thirties. I, I looked this up. I did a video on him and mm-hmm. um, it was like, it was pretty much till the end of the year. I mean, even just watching the play in game against Memphis, he hit a couple shots and the commentators were saying, Hey, like, this is huge for Patty. And I was just like, wait, what are they, <laughs> what, what, are they what do you guys about? mean by that? <laughs> and I went back and watched games and I was like, Oh wow, this is rough. This was a, a bad slump. Yeah. I mean, he's tricky because like he is, you know, he doesn't pressure the rim, which is why I don't, you know, look at him. People were describing him as like, Oh, he'll be the Dinwiddie replacement. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really do that. He's really more of a, a Landry Shamit replacement to me. Mm-hmm. And I think in that way he can get minutes. Um, I, I think he'll play a bunch. It's just a matter of like, how are you going to fit him in? And what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and then we kind of talked about a little bit with um, Jeff Green more specifically. Mm. Uh, I think that you are getting a guy who, you know, played well a lot of time at the five, I think um, came in big with some, I think he had like a career high in threes or something. Or with the Nets, like in, yeah. in certain games, like the dude was huge. Um, I get him going for, I mean, he was on the minimum for what, five, six years, like yeah. actually getting some money, you know, especially at like 34, 35 for something like that. That's huge. Um, and, you know, you don't fault the guy for going there. But do you think that the Nets did enough to kind of replace his versatility that he did offer? And also, I'd say consistency, which for someone like Jeff Green, who's kind of almost known for his career for his inconsistency, like he to me seemed like someone who was just a bastion of that last year for Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, they, they, the idea, I guess, is that they're going to bring in somebody like Paul Millsap, who's obviously more of like a four or five. He's really going to be more, you don't really want him like, you know, chasing guys around or even guarding guys on switches. So, you know, he has quick hands, but it, it just, you know, the, the fluidity isn't there. But also, like the thing about Jeff Green was he would play really high minutes. Like he would close out games and Millsap, speaking of another guy that like played really, really high minutes at the beginning of the year last year, and then saw his minutes decline and you kind of saw 
a little bit more efficiency. Just even watching him, you could just see he had more legs under him when he's playing like 10 to 12 minutes. This was after Denver, um, you know, traded for Aaron Gordon. Okay. That's kind of like, I, I, I think they can do similar things, but you don't want to stretch Millsap with a, you know, minutes load the same way you did with Jeff Green. So the idea of him replacing is, is good and on paper, but mm-hmm. he's, I mean, he's just, he's, he's got a lot of miles on his body at this point in his career, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. but I like him a lot. And Millsap, well, we'll get into it. I'm, I'm sure in a second, but I mm-hmm. do like Millsap a lot. Definitely. I was going to say, you're right. We got to talk about Millsap a little more along with, um, I would say the other veteran bigs you are bringing back and, Thank goodness. I mean, I'm glad he's able to resume his playing career in LaMarcus Aldridge, who you could tell didn't want to end it the way he did. It felt very much like Chris Bosh, unfortunately, in that way, um, just because you saw him. I mean, he was kind of rumored to do like a coaching position for Brooklyn. He's like, oh, maybe. But I like the way his interviews and stuff were on the jump um, in other areas. You could tell that he still was looking for a way to get back. So I'm glad that yeah. he was able to be cleared and come back. But I mean, if we're looking at it, just health aside, he's been cleared. I don't think that's a factor right? in this stage. It's been something you obviously talk about, but you are getting a, another year older LaMarcus who did play well um, in the stint he had in Brooklyn. Are you expecting kind of, and you a little bit mentioned on the offensive end, just kind of the different look there. Um, I mean, on the defensive end, terms of being more of a drop guy, but are you expecting kind of significant production out of these guys in a platoon type of role? And from that, I mean, uh, Aldridge, uh, Blake Griffin, of course. And then you already mentioned Millsap. Yeah. I'm just curious about how they're going to work, you know, kind of work these, these rotations. I'm sort of slowly working through a column on this, which is good because I need, I need to remember how to write again as we get into the season. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of practice. Man. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of like one of the many theses I have is that they almost are locked into playing a little bit bigger just because of having Nicholas Claxton, Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin, uh, did I, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, like yeah. those are probably all guys that are best used at the five, which is fine. I think they can get away with doing some of those alignments, but the question becomes a, how much is everybody playing? Obviously you're not going one for one substitutions with bench and starters, but still it's four guys. Um, and, and that also becomes like, what can you get away with? You know, Clax, I don't, I don't know how much Nicholas Claxton you've watched, but He's the guy that I think you could fit with just about anybody. You can yeah. get away with playing him next to LaMarcus, Blake. We've seen last year, Millsap. Like he's, because of his fluidity on the yeah. perimeter. moves so well. He's, I mean, he's a wing. Like he's yeah. literally, you know, I mean. Over supersized wing. Yeah. Like he's probably the guy behind KD that's your, that's your wing really. <laughs> um, that I guess I said where the Nets should be looking for just with, um, with the off season. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing I'm really looking for. And, and Millsap. Uh, LaMarcus is a guy that like front and center. I'm so curious to see who they play him with. Like, yeah. Are you playing him next to Blake? Are you going to play him next to Millsap? Um, I'm just fascinated by that. Honestly, that is true. I hadn't even thought about that. You're right. When you have that guy out there, who is the best other four, like the best group of guys to surround him with to kind of play to his strengths, you know, had some of his weaknesses. You get a, another yeah. guy in Millsap better defensively but then if you're playing against like a big bigger faster line a fast being the yeah. operative word there you're at a disadvantage you know in a major way that is true i banging with different guys maybe philadelphia that might work with um maybe not blake but yeah that'd be interesting i i mean blake banged pretty well Giannis too. so i mean there's there's yeah. some there's a lot there um i guess so in totality i mean you look at the the moves the nets did make um you know just supplementing this roster they have now supplementing their core quote unquote right now uh how do you grade that 
it was hard not to give them an A, right? Like I, yeah. I was, I, I was sort of in between on what they did, um, you know, before they brought in Lamarcus and, and Millsap. I, I, you know, most people were like, oh, this is an A, and it's like, I don't know, I don't really feel like they, you know, filled any of the needs. Like this was before they brought in Lamarcus, who was obviously going to give you some of that drop defense that I was looking for. At that point, I think they just had James Johnson, mm-hmm. Mills, and that was when, you know, like yeah, of course when the columns come out and they give everybody a grade but yeah. when they brought yeah. in those last two guys it was kind of solidified it for me this is a really good offseason so it's hard not to give them an a yeah i feel you i get what you're saying though not just automatically doing that but like reevaluating. Yeah. yeah but no based off just the different ways they attempted to address not only needs immediately but also needs that may arise in the future like to having some um additional flexibility in the right. event of injury matchups whatever the case may be i'm with you on that for sure uh i guess going from that to the core of the Nets. I mean, Kevin Durant, long-term, just signed an extension. He'll be there. Um, we got to talk with the other two guys. Uh, I mean, we just talked today about James Harden kind of making some uh, some noise with his extension or, or not to be extension. So I want to I address that first, and then we can kind of talk about Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they'll they'll be presented with contract extensions like this week. They're they're in San Diego right now, which is where the, the, uh, the team's owner lives, um, Joe Sy. Okay. Yeah, he's like, he's... I think I don't, I'm actually should know this, but I know he lives out there. So okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know they're going to be, you know, kind of in that area, probably at his house. And um, yeah, I'm assuming they're going to be presented as for what's going to happen. I, I don't know. Kyrie has the option to make more money next year. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he just wants to take the extension. Now mm-hmm. Harden, obviously that headlines going around um, or, or, or a video on Twitter about yeah. him saying that, he wants to test free agency, which I'll actually be honest for a second. I had heard that he was going to accept. And that was like a thing that was sort of like set in stone in a I way. I heard the same. Yeah. Even more than, than Kyrie, uh, which is surprising, but I just, that's what I heard like a month ago. And I am not entirely surprised to hear this now. Cause you remember when he first got traded, it was kind of, you know, written in a way where it's like, this is a two year thing for him. Mm-hmm. This is a, a opportunity for him to get a championship and then figure it out from there. Yeah. So for it to kind of revert back to that after that was how it was originally reported, mm-hmm. I just was like, that's interesting. Cause it, it, you know, I mean, it is kind of hard to be like that third guy that gets added on. Cause really that's what he is. This is a team that Kyrie and Katie built in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and he's joined on and, you know, as much as he does fit in and, and get along with these guys, it is, it is different. I can understand how that would be difficult, um, you know, what, for whatever you want to do with the rest of your career. So that that's something I'm, I'm watching for sure. It was interesting to see that pop up again. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't even look at that perspective. That's very interesting. Like you said, you know, just to get along with the guys and you're part of the group and everything doesn't mean that's where you want to kind of latch yourself on moving forward when, you yeah. know, from all accounts, you just didn't like it in Houston, but you're still – a guy that thinks I can have a franchise built around myself. I'm not saying that's the, the more prevalent thought right now, but it's definitely an option going, Hey, you know, I can stick with these guys and build, but also I'm James Harden, man. Like you see what I've done. Right. And he could also extend like this week and I wouldn't be that surprised, but I, mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I'm totally like, again, I was just making clear. I'm like totally speculating right now. Yeah, I'm just going back to an old headline, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, that was something that I thought of today when that, that kind of, that came out just about, him wanting to keep things open. It is, you know, it was just, just recalled back to it. It was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I get that. And it is something interesting for sure. I thought when he's like, well, I haven't really had a chance to be a free agent. I was like, 
Hmm, I guess not. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, from, it's weird. Yeah, from OKC to Houston, locked in Houston, locked in again to Houston. Like, it is weird. You know, you don't think about it, especially now yeah. where I'm sure every player's had like three or four free agent opportunities only because you hear about it so much. That yeah, I didn't think about that. It's very interesting. But um it is, it's odd. Wow, yeah. That's that was the news to me. I was like, okay, I was at the bar, but when it happened, like listen yeah. to this and going, <laughs> huh. <laughs> very funny there. But um going from that to Kyrie, I'm actually glad to have someone who like can just give like the facts on that because i mean it's been a lot yeah. and i i get mine i'm not really espn dude so like if it's not on like a podcast i listen to or try to get around to then it's twitter and twitter we know is is twitter so yeah, yeah. kind of what's the like yeah. separating like all the noise from Kyrie because i've heard like stuff about him you know obviously the, the elephant in the room is just whether or not he'll be available for any of the nets home games right like, right that's right there but also like it was like, oh, if he's traded, will he retire? I'm like, Kyrie getting traded? Where is that coming from? Like, what of that is just kind of like fluff? And what of that is like actual, you know, something to at least have on the mind? Yeah, I don't think it'll be traded. So yeah. we can start there. <laughs> uh, boy, Kyrie is, isn't that the million dollar question this week? Um, I, I have no clue if he's, if this is going to be a thing. I'm sort of working under the assumption that what we've been told is that it won't be a problem. Um, you know, being, being, you know, a, a, by the time games roll around that he'll be able to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also worked under the expectation that he was going to be there for media day. And that was something that was reported and very much <laughs> made clear by the team mm-hmm. that did not happen. <laughs> so I'm very ready for anything. This is, um, it's a unique situation. It, it's, it's hard because it goes, you know, I mean, it is something that ties into personal beliefs. And if there is one thing about Kyrie Irving, it's that he is very, very committed to his personal beliefs, which is a really good thing. Yeah. Sometimes it (laughs) runs into this situation where he might miss 41 home games, depending upon how, you know, I guess resilient he feels about these beliefs. So that's kind (laughs) of where we're at. I'm I'm ready for anything. I feel you. And I guess that goes to like the bigger overarching question I want to ask you. What is... What has been your experience? Like, what's the Kyrie experience to you since he's been there? Because obviously, I mean, listen, Kyrie's been an enigma his entire career. I, yeah. I, I love, like, his ability, at least up to now, being able to just be himself, unapologetically, whatever that may be, and 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 just be about that in a 100% him. Um, but it's also had, you know, it's fair share of distractions. I mean, obviously, Boston had a very tangible impact, the tail end of Cleveland, um, you know, coming into Brooklyn. Like, what has been type of how you even approach the Kyrie situation like you know hey you know I expect like you said anything um you know hope for the best expect the worst like what is the kind of mindset there with someone that is as um polarizing as he is yes uh it's been cool man like I I really haven't had anything that's like stuck out to me it it hasn't been a Boston situation where it's like the locker room just got so out of hand like all the guys seem to really like him um, the, I mean, the, the weirdest thing was like last year with the, with the media one day blackout or whatever, which I also don't even think was accurate. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's pretty much about it. Like, otherwise he's been cool. He's taking questions, um, and, and just sort of been open and, and been thoughtful and, and tried to give really long answers. And also was like one of the more courteous people on the team just through the pandemic, um, really honestly wishing everybody to get home safely and doing things like that. When he would get off his calls, he'd say, Hey guys, like everybody get home safely, like stay, you know, stay healthy and stuff like that, which he didn't always get. Yeah. And I, I, I do feel like he meant that in a way, even though he has not had the best experience with media and we all are media, whether we're, you know, on TV 
spreading rumors or not. We are kind of in that grouping, but I do feel like he genuinely meant that and didn't have to say that after so many of his pressers. And that I think meant a lot in in a lot of ways, like just, you know, it's, it shows like a level of compassion he has for other people. Definitely. Definitely. He definitely does seem like someone who is genuine, you know, Yeah. regardless of what that is, you don't, you're not getting anything less than like what he actually is about. And and that's kind of neat, but I've, I've always wondered that as well from someone who's like, nowhere near plugged in just how someone that's following on a more regular basis um, experiences. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, going back to the general roster, uh, I picked out kind of a stock type of rising and falling to see just which is one member of the Nets that you're like really high on heading into this year. Mm. Uh, and we can talk about one that is kind of on the other end, maybe that you're hopeful will have a positive experience. Let's spin it that way. Um. Man, positive, high up. Uh, it got to be Millsap for me. I'm like Mr. Paul Millsap on this side of things. Okay. I, I don't know. I just, I mean, A, offensively, he just, like, knows what to do. He's a good passer, um, pick-and-pop player, so he'll yeah. fit in pretty nicely with what they like to do. He's another mm-hmm. guy, like, if the defense switches, he can go, you know, bully Smalls and, and, and you know, take advantage of, of switches in that way. I also really like him as a switch defender, and we just didn't, get to see that last year because Denver was either trapping or um, hedging and recovering. Like it was just such an aggressive defense and it's just going to be a lot easier for him. Honestly. I mean, there'll be matchups that burn him. Um, You know, I, I, I just, um, there's a video of mine that's going to come out tomorrow. And um, one of the guys is, is Trey young. Like that guy like Trey young is going to take advantage of absolutely get to the rim or toss the lob. Like, That'll happen, but that's, you know, that's because Trey Young's really, really good at basketball. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and, but I mean, that's kind of, I, I don't know. I just look at him and I think like, this is going to be so simplified for him. And he really is kind of the perfect fit for what they like to do um, just systematically. Mm, definitely. And I mean, like you, like you said, he's a vet, been around, you know, yeah. um, he kind of knows how to fit into locker room. I think you're going to have a more veteran locker room, but you're getting someone who has that experience at that specific, at that specific position. Yeah. That would probably lend itself. Well, um, I guess um, on the opposite note, who's one net that's kind of, you're heading into that. You're like, eh, you know, I want him to do good, but like, you're, you're not as high on right now. Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Not as high on man. That's really tough. Um, I mean, you could like all of them. That's fair. <laughs> no, I don't want to be that guy that likes everybody. I also don't want to like hate on somebody that's at the end of the roster. Oh I'm yeah, really I'm curious messing. what Blake Griffin looks like next year. How about that? Um, not because I think he, I actually think he's really good and was like a great pickup and also a secretly genius pickup last year because they ended up playing Milwaukee mm. and just having a guy that can take charges yeah. is so crucial against these guys that like bully their way to the rim. So I really like him in that way. I'm just really curious what it looks like with a full season for him, especially if he's starting in a way. I just, I'm a little worried about the health with them. Okay. It's just, it's something that like, look, I get it. He's had a healthy off season. He was healthy with them uh, last year, really towards the end. Yeah. I just, the only thing I'm worried about, I mean, you can worry about pretty much anybody on this roster with being healthy, Yeah. but he's another guy I'm, I'm pretty curious about. And then, I guess to a degree Mills, I think Mills is going to be really good, but he is getting a little bit older. He's a smaller guard. Um, I'm just, that's another guy I'm kind of monitoring. And then if we really want to go end of the bench, I, yeah. I'm not a Seku Domboy. Really? I, okay. No, I hear guy. all the hype about him. Okay. I'm why not a Seku guy? Got it. I don't know. I just like, I don't see what he does offensively. And like, yeah. 
if you don't do anything offensively on this team, mm-hmm. I just don't see how you're going to play. I mean, I don't think, know if he's really going to play anyways. I don't even know if he lasts through cha- uh, training camp. Wow. But I'm just like not – I'm not really high on him. I'd rather have a guy like DeAndre Bembry, mm-hmm. who I just think is more dynamic and gives you more if you do run into a situation where you run into injuries and, and you need a guy to play. Exactly. No, I get that. I- Again, Sego Dumboya, from what I've seen on Detroit, a couple of games here and there, I'd say collectively. But like two years ago, all I heard was Seku, Seku. Yeah. And last year it was like, whatever, Seku. And then thank goodness he's gone. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing, like, I, I can buy him on another team. I just can't buy him on this team. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, I, I don't know when he's going to get to play. And if he does play, it's like the spurts mm. are going to be short. Like, you yeah. better look really good. <laughs> really and I good. Don't think he's that guy. Like, I just, mm. he's got to rebuild everything right now and a better, you know, there's probably a team that's better for him. For sure. For sure. As we kind of round out here with Brooklyn, uh, the over under, I like to ask. I mean, the Nets are projected, what, 56.5? Yeah. Uh, that's way too low. I, yeah, I was going to say, are we, are we pounding <laughs> that over? Okay. Oh, we're for sure. Both hands. Okay. <laughs> we're we're would- definitely. Uh-huh. there's no way there's no way it's they're gonna be under 58 wins i just i would be shocked there we go yeah i was looking at like 60 22 or something like that myself yeah just because like i mean even if you don't wish knock on everything that like there is an injury and i'm sure there will be on a team that's just has that extensive history of injuries there but like they have depth and it's not just depth that like in name only like compared to the Lakers last year. Like, we had, there was depth. I'm kind of a Lakers I'm not kind of, I'm a Lakers fan. And, like, mm. the depth was like, oh, okay, cool, we got this guy, we got this But we didn't really, it was depth that was better in, in, in name than actual, mm. like, practice. Like, okay, when you have to play Montrose Harrell and, and you know, all these guys, uh, Marquise Morris, you know, 28 to 30 minutes a night and, and ask for some offense, all of a sudden, the depth isn't as great as it looked when you're like, you have LeBron and AD right. and this guy, they're and. Like, that's probably better, you know? But, like, with Brooklyn, you look at these guys, all these guys not only had active contributions for teams last season, so it's not like they're, you know, coming up from that, but also they're kind of used to being, I mean, especially if you look at between Kyrie, um, Durant, and um, Harden, all guys who have, like, manned a, a team and have done, come on, significant success with that. So yeah. I definitely see a, a much higher win outcome than this. Yeah, I mean, it's just they they are going to be – I just – the depth is insane. Like, it's just really hard for me to see. Like, even if you have, like, a guy like Cam Thomas come in there, like, I Cam Thomas can pop off for, like, 20 points if yeah. one of these guys sits. Ooh, that's, that's true. You know that's I mean? true. Like, it really is. They just – they have everything that you could need if, if you need to, you know, sit a guy and, and still want to compete. Definitely. And then this is – I mean, this is most assuredly a championship or bust kind of year, but I think that that's only in name only because with this roster, we probably got like what that's two to three years of maybe contention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know what what happens with James Harden. Oh, <laughs> no idea. That's it's, true. That's that's the elephant in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very knows? true. Very true. Well, man, I appreciate you coming talking Nick. Now Nets with me here. About to say Nick's Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before I let you go, I do have something I do with all my first time guests. Um, I have to ask, who are your top five favorite players? I call uh, it the Hoop Vibe Squad. But, you know, whichever they are from, you know, history, what you've watched, I, I name mine all the time. I have, and it's just a random assemblage, so bear with me, but yeah. um, Latrell Sprewell, Monte Ellis, Michael Beasley, Terry Rozier, and Russell Westbrook. And the oh, reason man. I have this group is because they have this just straight style playing, win or lose, whatever the case may be, that's who they are, the kind of gunners, and I just like the – the brashness and almost the outside, like they come with a, with a kind of renegade style of play, right. like what you would normally accept. So those are my five, but 
Just your favorite. If they're the five best players, then that works too. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go like, it's, I was a Timberwolves fan growing up. I'm okay. going to go players I was the most invested in. Um, I love it. I was pretty young when the KG era was around. Like, I really didn't start watching basketball until we kind of had the tail end of that. Like, that the part same, that wasn't fun. same, yes. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include him. So I'm, I'm going to go all Timberwolves because it would be silly for me to act. Like, I, I was like diehard Timberwolves fan. I love it. Hilarious. But, <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> you don't hear that it, too though. often. No, no, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go, I have to go Ricky at the point guard, Ricky Rubio at the point guard. I was okay. like just giant Ricky guy, uh, waited for him to come over, was just ecstatic about him. Mm-hmm. Shooting guard, I go Levine. That was a player I, I loved coming out of the draft. And yeah. um, at this point, nobody remembers he was even <laughs> Timberwolf. <laughs> yeah. But that was uh, a player me and my dad loved. At the three, mm-hmm. this is a weird one. Let me go Brandon Roy. There you go. <laughs> Brandon okay. Roy, because okay. I sunk. I was, this was when I was like, I think in middle school. Oh, it must have been high school. It was uh-huh. in high school. And for whatever reason, I, again, at this point, I really was not following the NBA that well. Like yeah. it really didn't hit until like high school mm-hmm. for me. Um, but Brandon Roy was a the guy they picked up and I knew Brandon Roy. I was like, Oh, that's a former all-star. I yes. didn't like understand the medical side of it. It was yeah. just like, Oh, Brandon Roy. He's a star. So I got way invested. I was like, you know what? This is going to have a comeback here. Absolutely not. I think he played like nine games, but yeah. just for that reason, I think Brandon Roy I'm with it. Like right away as a guy I was so randomly invested in and it's just something I'm always going to think of. So we can do that. I mean, okay. we'll go KG at the four. I mean, that I was like, like the first player I've, I remember like really being like, Oh wow, this sport's really cool. This guy's really yeah. good. At basketball. I had to go towns at, at center, right? Like it, it was gotta... Kevin Love too. I, Ooh. That's a tough. Yeah, what's your cut? I mean, you we're can pull, get both. Get Brandon Roy out of here. We're okay. going big. We're playing a weird lineup. We're playing. We'll make, a, we'll make Roy the honorary six man. Put KG to the three. Yeah, we're gonna put KG at the three. We're gonna put K Love at the four. Okay. Uh, Carl Towns at the, at the five. Uh, we're we're playing we're playing weird, man. It, I like it. Yeah, we're ready to play. Anybody that's thrown out a small ball lineup will have no idea what's going on here. No. Like, this is going to be overwhelming. They're going to be stunned. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I love that. I was going to say also, as someone who's like, you said you're a Timberwolves fan before covering the Nets. Um, I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. And then oh, live in Arizona. Up. Yeah, yes, sir. I live in Arizona and love the Lakers. So, like, all bets are off, man. Like, yeah. It's crazy, man. But, okay, we got Rubio, Levine, KG, Love, Towns. We got Roy as the honorary six, man. I like it. Matt, this has been fun. Thank you for coming on. Um, I know we can find you at Matt Brooks NBA, but I mean, between your writing, your podcast, YouTube video, like tell people, you know, where they can see more of that or, you know, what, what sites to check out for it. Uh, man, where do you find my stuff? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm on YouTube. That's Matt Brooks NBA also, but okay. uh, my podcast, the clear out is on Apple podcast and Spotify. It's through blue wire podcast, but really like, Honestly, I'm a, just follow like follow me on Twitter, man. Like go. that's where all my stuff is. I'm good at posting it, so there you, go. <laughs> you know it'll be there. You'll it'll see be it. there. Check it out. <laughs> if you don't mute me, yeah. If you don't mute me, you'll see everything. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Definitely check it out, man. Matt Brooks, NBA Matt. Thanks again, man, for coming on. I do appreciate yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Listen, y'all. You can find me just the same on Twitter. Um, at Corbin NBA. Uh, Hoopball on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets online hoop ball.com we'll have much more coming at y'all real soon but for matt for myself we are frosty y'all say frosty talk to y'all
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.